Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Me personally, I love the great deals on the upcoming games and the selections they have. Colton, what do you like most about it? I personally love the two-tap checkout. It's very easy to use, very convenient, and saves you a lot of time. That's a great selection. It's hard to choose your favorite part of the Game Time app. It's just, it's got everything. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. And then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. The redeem code THEATHLETIC, one word, THEATHLETIC, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people, for tickets. Credit's only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st. So make moves quick and score some last-minute tickets with the code THEATHLETIC, one word, and the Game Time app. Oh, they'll fake it. Bates throws it. He's got him. Wide open. He's got Charlie Gant inside the 10. He can walk in. Spartans win. Touchdown, MSU. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson. And he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Green and White Noise. My name is Chris Vanini. I'm joined by Colton Pouncey. We are your hosts. It's time to talk Michigan State football, some crouton, and a birthday. A reminder uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out, the All-Decade Pod uh, from a couple weeks back. If you're looking for some really positive MSU football talk, we've got it all there. Joe Rexro joined Colton and me, and we talked about the best players and moments of the past decade of MSU football, so go check that out if you haven't yet. Colton, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, I just turned 25 today. Uh, Woo! Happy birthday, Colton. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm very happy because I can now officially uh, rent cars without a young renter's fee. So that's nice. I've oh, man. I'm looking forward even, to that. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like literally before I got on this uh, podcast, my family called me. We do this thing every year. Whenever it's someone's birthday in our immediate family, I have, I have two. I have an older brother and older sister and my parents. Um Usually my dad organizes everything. He gets everyone together to call the birthday boy or girl. Um, so this time it was mine. Uh, they all called me. Birthday my, boy. my brother and sister live in LA. My mom and dad are in Chicago. So they all called me to sing happy birthday. Uh, the timing was all off. It was all out of key. Uh, but, you know, that's just one of our pouncy family traditions that I'm used to. Well, happy birthday to Colton. Um, today we're recording this on Monday. Uh, how was, uh, your weekend? Did you do anything for your birthday over the weekend? Um, uh, not really. Uh, on Friday we had our, uh, Athletic Detroit Christmas party at, uh, Craig Custom's house. That was pretty cool. Um, and then Saturday I covered the MSU basketball game at Little Caesars Arena. Um, they're playing Oakland. That was, that was pretty cool. I mean, I've never been in that environment where 
college teams playing at a pro pro arena. But uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. And today, I don't know, I might watch the game. Uh, I think Max Boltman and Cody Stoudhagen are coming out here to East Lansing. So we might watch the Monday Night Football game somewhere and hang out for a little bit. But yeah, it's, a, it's been a chill weekend. Sounds good. Sounds fun. I was at Army-Navy over the weekend. Okay. My first time doing that. How was it? I had a lot of fun. Um, just a, it, it, It's something you hear a lot of people say is a sports bucket list item. And uh, I, I, I wanted to cover it this year since um, we had nobody uh, from the college football side of things set to really do it. So uh, mm-hmm. did that, spent the pregame down on the field as long as I could. Took a while to get back up because of Secret Service and everything with, with Trump there. Mm-hmm. And the post game and everything, uh, it ended up not being a close game. Usually it's a usually it's a close game, but um, Malcolm Perry broke all the rushing records in the game's history and uh, wrote about that over the weekend. So yeah, really fun. Army Navy highly recommend if you guys if anybody ever has a chance to to go to that game. It's usually in Philly or Baltimore or something like that. Yeah. Highly recommend uh, you guys do that. So we go from uh, a. a a holiday in the Pouncey household to a holiday in, on the college football calendar. Wednesday is the early signing day, which has basically become the real signing day since that went into place a couple of years ago. Today, Monday, starts a dead period, so now everybody just kind of waits to see what happens. Uh, MSU currently has 20 commits, ranked number 37 in the country. Colton is writing about it this week. Um Colton, we've kind of uh, we've hinted at it a little bit throughout the season about MSU's recruiting and how it wasn't going all that well. They got some good news over the weekend. Uh, I guess, you know, what can MSU fans expect or, or think about going into this early signing period here? Yeah, it got off to kind of a slow start in terms of recruiting rankings. Um, you know, some people care about that. Some people don't. But I think it's usually a good indicator of, of how you're doing. Um so, yeah, MSU, they got a, a commitment from a wide receiver named Terry Lockett, um, three-star, borderline four-star out of Minnesota. Uh, that was some good news because he, he bumped up their recruiting rankings a little bit. MSU now ranks 37th nationally. Um, they're hovering around the early 40s uh, before this. So that, that's good. That's good news for them. And he's kind of a dynamic talent with the ball in his hands and things like that. Um, so it's good to get him on board for MSU. Um but yeah, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit, you know, you, I think you mentioned earlier that Cincinnati has more four-star recruits than Michigan State does, and I think that's still true. Um, it is, Cincinnati dropped out of the top 50, I but see. they still do. Yep, they have two, Michigan State has zero. All yeah. 20 commits are three stars on 24-7. Yeah. Uh, Darius Snow was a guy that was a four-star, but he recently fell back in the latest updates. Um, so... Yeah, they don't have a ton of four-star high-end talent that you're looking for, but I mean, I think there's, you know, D'Antonio always finds these gems and, you know, under-recruited guys, and some of them turn into good players, some of them just kind of like settle into the pack, but uh, I think we're going to have to wait and see ultimately, but in terms of where this stacks up against, you know, some of his past recruiting classes, it's not all that high. No, there are only two guys in the top 500 Zero four stars. I don't even remember the last time MCU didn't have a single four star guy uh, in the class. They did have one. He fell back, like just like you said. But who are who are some of the names that fans should keep an eye on to maybe hear about uh, 
hear about hear about on Wednesday, but then hear about maybe over the next couple of years. Yeah, so it's funny. Last, I, I, I'm kind of sensing some themes from the recruiting class in recent years. You know, last year was heavy on offensive linemen. Um, D'Antonio called that the best offensive line class he's ever recruited. We've seen some of those guys get in the, in the game action a little bit. Nick Samak and Jay Duplain starting. Devontae Dobbs was going to start before he got hurt kind of late here. Um, this year, I think there was more of an emphasis on getting some skill players in. Yes. Um, so, I mean, and it, honestly, if you look at last year, they had some skill players. You know, Jace Bowen was a wide receiver. Elante Brown was a wide receiver. Um, they had a running back named Aaron Young who decommitted on <laughs> signing day and went to Rutgers, um, which that angered a lot of people. But his brother plays for Rutgers and it's closer to home, so it's understandable. But um, they had some some shifty guys that were, you know, good in space. But Bowen was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the MLB draft, and he started his professional career there. Um, Lante Brown didn't end up signing, and there's a whole story on him that we can get to later. But um, they lost some skilled guys from last year's class, so I think they wanted to kind of make up for that this year, and I think you kind of see it a little bit. Um, Ricky White, he's a wide receiver out of Georgia. That dude's just an ankle breaker. Um, I know he's a three-star, but I think he should be like a borderline four-star guy. Um, I think I saw some. Was he the guy There was some high out to him going around over the weekend? Yes. <laughs> he absolutely shook some guy in a in a, a playoff game, which it was, it was nasty. I'm like, all right, he can do that at MSU. Yeah. Um, dynamic with the ball in space. Uh, Jordan Simmons is a running back out of Georgia. Um, he's another three-star back, but he's got home run speed. Um, he had a play where he was clocked at almost 21 miles per hour. Um, he's, he's just fast, and he has that breakaway speed that not a lot of guys on the roster currently have. Um, and we know MSU needs running backs. They do. And it's funny because he committed around the same time some of these other running backs were leaving, you know, Connor Hayward and Ladarius Jefferson and Weston Bridges. So I'm not sure how much he factored into that. I'm sure it was a little bit. You know, you got this young, talented guy coming in. You're already competing for a spot with a retro freshman. So, uh, but I think he can step in right away and be a number two back um, near one. So, you know, yeah, they've got some players that they've tried to make up for in terms of speed and, and what they can do with the ball in their hands. So I think that was kind of the main point of emphasis with this class this year. Yeah, four wide receivers from the class, along with those guys, Terry Lockett, who we just mentioned, um, Ian Stewart, who was from Michigan, along with uh, Ricky White and Montori Foster from Ohio, mm-hmm. um, which actually kind of goes something I noticed uh there are only three players from the state of Michigan in this class. Yeah, I know. There are a lot of there's a lot of guys from Georgia. There's Texas, uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Georgia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Virginia, South Carolina, Ontario, Illinois. Uh, really, not much. Uh, uh, I mean, they've got they got three guys from Michigan, and how many from Ohio here? They got six from Ohio. What what do you kind of make of that? Yeah, the Ohio thing is not all that, you know, new. They Like, D'Antoni's been recruiting Ohio for years now. But the fact that there's only three in Michigan, and Michigan had some some pretty good talent this year. Um, it, so that stood out to me when I saw it, and you're kind of, like, sitting down and looking over things. That Yeah, there's only three guys from, from Michigan here. There's as many guys in Michigan as there are Georgia guys, which is interesting to me, too, because Georgia hasn't really been this this – an area that D'Antonio like they don't really dive into the South all that often. Yeah, they got they got Keith Mumphrey and Dark West Denard out of there, but mm-hmm. in general, it's kind of sporadic, a, right? Not a ton, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, and the three players that they got from Georgia, I think they're all going to be good players. Um, 
But yeah, it was kind of interesting that there were only three from Michigan. One thing I'll say, I don't know if it's the case this time because I haven't followed it that closely, but at least with Mumphrey and Darquez Denard, uh, the coach who recruited Georgia was Dave Warner, the much maligned quarterbacks coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we you know, talk about potential staff changes and, and stuff like that, uh, always something to keep an eye on. I, I haven't followed close enough. I couldn't tell you if Warner recruited these guys. It, it no longer says on their – other a lot of these guys' bios who um, who the recruiter was, but yeah. So it, the the class is up to number thirty seven. We we talked during the year how this was looking like the lowest ranked class of the D'Antonio era. It, it seems to me now this is on. I don't know if it's the lowest lowest, but it's it's among where it's among where his lowest uh, have have been. Uh, actually, I take this back. It says. Um, Jordan Simmons out of Georgia, running back. He was recruited by Terrence Samuel. So, not Dave Warner there, but uh, other stuff to, to keep in mind. But so, so where this class ranks kind of in D'Antonio's run, what do you kind of make of that? Yeah, so it's it's kind of low. <laughs> uh, yes. as, as things currently stand, it would be tied for his third lowest at 37. Um you know, the first, the, the number one, number two on that list, MSU finished 53rd in 2007, um, which was, you know. His, his first class when he was just getting everybody. Yeah, I don't even know if I would count that as his class, you know. that was yeah. He was only on the job for a few months. His first real class, 2008, that class finished 42nd. Um, so those two are, are the only ones that are worse than this, and that was when he was just getting started. So, again, there's room for it to grow if they get another player or two here down the stretch. It'll bump, it'll bump them up a little bit, and they'll be kind of back to where they were. Um, but I think the thing that stands out more than anything, more than the national rankings, is they're 11th in the Big Ten. Um, if you look at 2019, they were 7th. 2018, 6th. 2017, 6th. 2016, 3rd. 15th, 3rd. 14th, 4th. 13th, 5th. 12th, 5th. You know, so they've never really finished lower than seventh since D'Antonio's gotten this thing rolling, and now they sit. They sit eleventh. You know, they're behind yeah. Maryland and Northwestern and some other some of these other programs. Purdue, Purdue has three four star players. Nebraska has seven. Iowa has two. I mean, usually MSU's usually MSU's right around Wisconsin when it comes to recruiting rankings, and and they're just they're just not this year. They're only ahead of Illinois, who has twelve commits. Rutgers. 15 and Indiana is 17 and MSU only has 20. So yeah, that that's a good, that's good context to put it in relative to the rest of the big 10. Uh, this is not a good, just not a good rated class. Um, can they find diamonds out of this? We'll see. It's kind of been a while since they've done that a lot like they used to, but uh, yeah, to, to, to be well behind Northwestern in the big 10 recruiting rankings is uh, just kind of a sign where, where things are at. Yeah, and, uh, we, I mean, we've talked about some of the other programs outside the Big Ten that have been competing with Michigan State for players like Kentucky and Cincinnati. But when you're 11th in your own conference and, you know, some of these teams that they're behind aren't traditional powers in any way, you know, that's that's a little bit alarming, I think. Yeah, and they, they've been losing players to Northwestern yeah. in the last few years as well. Uh, part, of the, part of the reason, I mean, Purdue has 18 commits. So it's higher. Uh, Northwestern has 18 commits. Wisconsin 17. Nebraska 19. MSU's at 20. 
we know they lost a number of guys to the transfer portal. How big do they want this class to be? How many spots do you kind of think are are still out there for um, the, the, what used to be the regular February signing period? Yeah, I think a lot of that depends on who they can realistically get. Um, the transfers midseason, that definitely helped create some additional space. Um, I wrote a scholarship breakdown last month, but those aren't always accurate because, you know, some guys are, are moved on and off scholarship each semester and it's hard to kind of keep track and MC does not confirm things like that. Um, so it's hard to say what the number is, but if I had to guess, I'd say they get up to 22. Um, D'Antonio doesn't try to go over that number, I don't think. Um, you know, occasionally he might try to dip over, but if there's someone that they want, they'll make the numbers work. I think most programs will say that, but uh, yeah, I think there are a couple more guys they can add to this class as it kind of rounds out here. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually you just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or you avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com green and complete an online visit. Just go to GetRoman.com green to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com green for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com green. And, and D'Antonio said something like a week or so ago about possibly looking at transfers. Uh, you know, the, the portal reportedly has more than 2,000 kids in there. I wrote a story this season about how SMU added 16 transfers last uh, last cycle, and a bunch of those guys are led them to a 10-win season this year. Um, what, what, do you, what did D'Antonio say about possibly looking at the transfer portal? Yeah, I, I think MSU will be more active with the portal this time around. D'Antonio said they're going to look. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be him because he seems to hate the portal. <laughs> no, every time he, he talks about it, he just kind of laughs at first and then he gets on with it and then describes all, however many people are in there and, and how it breaks down in like seven different ways. So, like, yeah, I don't think he wants any part of that. But they'll look. Last year they were able to grab, grab Jaden Reed. Um, you know, we talked about this, I think. He'll be a starter next year. So when you can get a guy like that, it makes sense. But uh, I think there are some positions that they should target specifically. Um, you know, offensive line for starters, you know, we've, we've, we know the issues there. But I think, you know, this class in 2020 only has two current offensive linemen committed, which is kind of a dip after they had, I think, six last year. Um, they have one guard and one that's more of a, a tackle, but he's more of a project, I'd say. So if I were MSU, I'd be looking at, some offensive linemen, um, and then also tight end. Because when you look at what's happened in the tight end position, Noah Davis transferred midseason, Matt Seibert is graduating, Matt Dotson tore his Achilles, so I don't he might miss part He's probably out for a year. Yeah. Usually. He tore it in the Illinois game in November, so yeah, that's gonna take some time. Um you know, they've got they've got Trent Gilson and Adam Burkhorse, who was recruited as a defensive end in last year's class, they switched from the tight end just because they need an extra body there, but you know, I think maybe they could take a look at a tight end in the transfer portal that might help ease that, just kind of a blocker um, instead of more of a skilled receiver. Um, 
But yeah, D'Antonio seems he said that they're going to look a little bit. It seems like they're heading that direction. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Cyber was a, a transfer as well, so it's it's certainly not something that MSU um, isn't uh, open to doing. But mm-hmm. you know, a number of coaching staffs use the transfer portal as its own recruiting, mm-hmm. like it's its own side thing. Like when I, when I talked to Sonny Dykes, the SMU coach, he was like. You know, every morning after a meet, you know, before or after our meetings, we we have a, a section where we go over recruiting, and half that section is is looking at who's available to transfer. The other part is for high school kids. It, it was a huge part of what they were doing, and they were able to pull kids in who transferred out of Alabama, from Texas, from UCLA, from Oklahoma, from Notre Dame, and a lot of that is guys who are from the Dallas area trying to come home. So there's a draw there that MSU doesn't have. But if if D'Antonio isn't actively looking at that if they're not actively looking at that transfer portal every day to see what's what's out there and what could work and always trying to find the best things i think that's a mistake i mean maybe they are maybe he's just brushing it off because he doesn't want to talk about it i don't know we're not inside there but uh the transfer portal is a huge it is it is its own recruiting part of the game now it's so much easier for everybody to do it so many kids in there um it's something every coaching staff should be uh, looking at so I mean the, that, se- the sense I get from D'Antonio you know he was asked about back in October when they had six players transfer basically in like two or three weeks span he was asked about like is there any benefit to this and he, he mentioned you know we have more scholarships to hand out to young players he didn't say more scholarships to hand out to kids in the transfer portal um, he went on to say there's a lot of people in the transfer portal and they don't always find homes so right that just based on some of his past comments, it doesn't seem like that's his. That's what comes to mind whenever he gets a scholarship open. He's always thinking ahead to young players who will be out around for multiple years rather than maybe a grad transfer type or someone with only like a year or two left of eligibility. But, you know, I, I think the comments that he made the last time we saw him made it seem like he was going to take a harder look and maybe be a little bit more devoted to looking at the transfer portal than he was in the past. So I guess I guess it's trending in that direction. Yeah, so that kind of that's kind of where things stand with recruiting. MSU said, "Is there anybody that you know of that MSU is kind of waiting on that could surprise and, and MSU could get between now and signing day?" Yeah, um, I go with two players. Um, the first defensive tackle, Justin Rogers. He's a four-star prospect, ranked number forty-five in the twenty twenty class. Uh, played football at Oak Park High School here in Michigan. He's currently committed to Kentucky, you know, another player, that, uh, another school that MSU has been battling for, for these players for. But, um, yeah, currently committed to Kentucky. He did take an unofficial visit to MSU earlier this month. Um, I actually saw him sitting with D'Antonio and a few football players at the MSU Duke game on December 3rd. So there's clearly some lingering interest there, and – Getting him to flip from Kentucky would be huge just because, you know, you got a top 50 prospect who plays really a position of need with uh, at defensive tackle. You know, MSU was set to lose Raekwon Williams and Mike Panashuk. Um, I think they like what they have with Naquan Jones and uh, Jacob Slade, but whenever you can add a, a top 50 player, you do it. So that That's top 50 nationally? Top 50 nationally, yes. Yeah. MSU's current highest rated player is Darius Snow, linebacker out of Carrollton, Texas, who was ranked number 400. So, yeah, if they were able to flip that, he'd far and away be the crown jewel of the class. Yeah. Speaking of Snow, I don't know why they have him listed linebacker because he's going to be a safety at MSU. 
But all right, good to know. Yeah. Um, good insight there. But uh, yeah. So Rogers for sure. Like I think he's the name to watch. I'm not necessarily expecting him to flip because he seems, you know, for the most part solid. I, I think, you know, he's taking that visit just exploring his options. But I think he's pretty solid with Kentucky. So we'll see what happens there. But another player who I kind of referenced earlier, Elante Brown. Now, Chris, you probably don't know this, the backstory here, but it's been a pretty weird path for him at this point. So Elante Brown was actually committed to MSU's 2019 class. He's a wide receiver out of Chicago, went to Simeon. Um, he didn't sign during the early period. I think grades were involved there, but you know he's still committed to MSU and planned to sign in February. Um, so during that, that downtime between December and February, some other schools start giving him some looks. And I think Willie Taggart in Florida State reached out and wanted to get him on campus. Um, and he was thinking about doing the visit. I think they, they offered him around the same time. And basically he was told by MSU staff that if he took the visit, they'd rescind his offer. And that's been a thing with D'Antonio in the past. You know, he's, That's such an old school Big Ten thing. Yeah. Um, so they, they let him know that. He ended up going. They pulled the offer and he announced it and everything. Um so he ultimately commits to Texas Tech. He took another visit there. Um, I think he enrolled in everything, but didn't end up going. Uh, I, again, I think grades might have been an issue. but So he ends up going to this this prep school in Connecticut. Uh, he's still a four-star recruit. Um, his whole plan was to do this again in 2020. A lot of schools have come after him recently, including Michigan State. Um which is interesting to me for a couple of reasons, you know, D'Antonio's had this philosophy, like, Hey, if you go visit another school, like we're going to pull the offer. Um, there's an Ohio state guard that was commit. He was, he was committed to MSU in 2016. Uh, I think his name was Gav- yep. Gavin cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was committed to MSU, went to Ohio state's, you know, big camp over the summer and they pulled his offer. Uh, same thing happened last year with Dwayne Mathis, uh, who was a quarterback committed to MSU, but, he, he goes to that camp at Ohio State. They pull his offer. Um, he ends up going to Ohio State committing, um, but then he decommitted and went to Georgia. Um, so it's happened in recent years, and D'Antonio was asked about it last November. I think Ari Wasserman, our, our, the Athletics uh, Ohio State beat writer, asked him, and his thing was, hey, if you're committed, then you're not going to go on other visits. You know, that's, what, that's how I view it. If, if you're uncommitted, you take visits. If you're committed, you don't. And there's like consequences for that, basically, is what he was saying. So for him to kind of go after Alante Brown again, I know he's not committed to MSU, so he can still take all these other visits and look at other schools. But for them to even allow and, and get back into the process with him, I think is kind of signaling a shift. And if you look at Ricky White, you know, receiver we mentioned earlier on this podcast, he took a visit to Tennessee in, I want to say, October, after he committed in August or something like that. Um you know, the staff is okay with that. There's a defensive tackle, Simeon Barrow. Um, you know, he's he visited West Virginia early this month. And the staff, they, they didn't pull his offer. And they're still trying to get him on board. And I think he's pretty much solidified as an MSU recruit. And I think he's going to sign on Wednesday. Um, so I think there's kind of a shift in philosophy, which I guess is nice. It's getting away from that old school mentality, mentality in, in a way. So... D'Antonio's going to let some players visit other schools and not just, you know, pull it on the spot. So I guess that's that's something else I've noticed in, in terms of this 2020 class. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, lastly, people always want to know about quarterbacks. 
Noah Kim, pro style out of Virginia, is committed. Anything notable or stand out about him? He's a quarterback that I think was recruited for this offense, I think. Um, you know, he's kind of like this dual threat type. He's he's pretty fast. I think his footwork is, is pretty accurate. Um, him and Peyton Thorne are probably two guys that were recruited to play in this offense, I'd say. Um, Peyton Thorne is a true freshman right now. Um, yeah, no, no, Kim. I mean, I don't think he has the strongest arm, um, but that dude, like he lost maybe like three games in high school, you know, he's just a gamer. He's a winner. I think MSU likes those type, those type of guys, even though, you know, they're not the highest ranked guys, but you know, if, if they see some qualities that they like and the intangibles and you can do enough and they see enough skill set, like his speed and mobility and things like that, they'll, they'll bring you in no problem. So MSU likes to take at least one quarterback each class and that happened to be no Kim this year. Yeah. Well, it should be interesting. Uh, news will drop down on Wednesday. Colton's writing more about uh, kind of MSU's class. Make sure you check that out this week on The Athletic. We've got a ton of recruiting stuff going up this week. We've got a special 40% off uh, deal if you're, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic yet. Uh, let me see that code. It is theathletic.com slash class. We'll give you 40% off a rate for new subscribers. For those of you who listen to this and are not subscribers, uh, recommend you do that. So we'll, we'll see how things uh, shape out Wednesday. And, and as MSU gets ready for the bowl, bowl games are coming up starting Friday. We'll be back later this week for a bowl preview. We'll probably just talk about a lot of different bowls and make picks and stuff like that as we start to get closer to the pinstripe bowl on the 27th. So should be good. And that'll do it here. Please rate, review, subscribe, tweet at us. Tweet at us any questions you have that we'll answer in various mailbag uh, sessions on future pods. Um, so we will uh, look forward to that. For Colton Pouncey, I'm Chris Vanini. Thanks to our producer, Mike Zimmerman. Shout out to the Road Dog, Jesse James, and we will see you on the other side.